Welcome, everybody, to the midweek episode of the Legendarium Podcast. We're doing open mic night tonight. We have a live studio audience with us as well. This is Hooray! this is the biggest peanut gallery we've ever had, I think. It well, is. except for Comic-Con, I we're, we're the groupies. Yeah. <laughs> and the roadies. They had to bring in the equipment as well. Yeah. That's how we work. That's how we roll. <laughs> anyway, midweek episode. Um, we are sans Ken. Maybe we should mention that. I know, it's a little sad. Uh, Ken is off out of town doing whatever it is that Ken does when he's out of town. Don't ask, don't tell. Exactly. That's my official policy. I thought that got repealed. (laughs) Uh, Not here, it didn't get repealed. (laughs) Not on the legend. Okay. Anyway, so uh, we're going to be short on our geek news segment. We don't have our newsman with us, but we do have some great things to talk about. Uh, Hopefully you've gone and listened to Craig's review of Kingsman. Uh, the Secret Service, I believe, is the full title of... Uh, who cares? Don't it, go see it. It's not worth, <laughs> not worth it there. But we got to talking after Craig went and saw it about uh, a little bit about this film, and, and Craig did his review. And one thing that we kind of wanted to talk about a bit today, especially, is uh, not just that film and its genre, but kind of setting a standard for when we review films, what it is that we're looking for. It might be worthwhile to talk a little bit about, so you know when we review something exactly what's going through our mind a bit. So starting, let's let's start a little bit. You, we're gonna actually going to touch on the spy fantasy genre because that's what you reviewed with Kingsman, right, Craig? Yeah, I yes. So what do you want me to answer? Um, what I'm looking for when I go see Kingsman? So what when you went to go see Kingsman? What were you expect? Okay. Like what were you looking to review it against? Like what were you thinking? I so when I when I go see a movie, whether it's Kingsman or I did uh, uh, Interstellar, I, there was another one that I did earlier. I can't remember what it was. Anyway. Um, when I go see a movie, I'm not thinking, okay, I'm going to need to review this at the end, so I need to write down a bunch of quotes and take a bunch of notes about characters and whatnot. I'm going as a, a viewer just like anybody else. And then once I'm through with it, then I'll collect my thoughts, I'll write some things down and, and uh, review it from there. But does that make sense? I don't go into it with a goal in mind, partly right. because I think that would ruin the movie and taint my review. Um, Did he say taint my review? Yeah. Yeah, it did make sense. It it does. It makes sense. I get it. I, I'm just I'm just impressed he used that word in that context. I'm very impressed with that. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Keep going. Todd, Todd, I'm gonna. I'm about to give you a master class in uh, vocabulary. <laughs> I, I, I know you are. If, if a one syllable is... word is uh, leaving you no, in just, awe, you know, uh, color, effect, uh, influence, but taint. <laughs> oh, magnificent command of the vocabulary today, sir. <laughs> So anyway, um, yeah. I, I, does that answer your question? I mean, what? So I guess I could talk about what I look at once I'm out of it. Yeah, I would think that. So you, most of us, I mean, for me as well, when I go into a film, first thing I want, I don't want to be, I don't want to go into the film going, okay, I need to focus on making sure I recognize the character development and identifying these different pieces. I want to go in and first, did the story get through to me? Like when I come out of a film, I want to say, okay. Do I understand the story? Did I walk out of there with more questions than I went in with? And if I did, was that the intention of the movie? <laughs> yeah. Because if it's not, like <clears throat> Seventh Son, which you'll get a review of that soon enough. <sighs> yeah, Todd and I enjoyed. I, I don't want to say enjoyed. Todd and I went through that. Um, you enjoyed we, each other's company. We endured the experience together. Yeah. So, but for me, I come out of a film. I say, did I? Was the story clear? Was it? Uh, was it well told? Uh, was I able to enjoy my time going through the story? Um, did it, was there any point in time where I didn't know what was going on and I enjoyed that? Uh, for example, I'll give you uh, Wreck-It Ralph. Uh, this is going back a little ways. Okay. But that film actually is re- ranks really high for me as a good film, not because it's you know just kid-friendly or whatever, but because I did not see the twist at the end. 
the entire movie I was going through, I did not see the twist at the end. And I value that. And yeah, and, but it's not, so it's not for me just about uh, good writing. Like, there's good writing all over the place, and you can craft a story, you can craft the, the dialogue that goes into it. Uh, and still have a crappy movie. So True. one thing that I left out of my review of uh, Kingsman was that they did have a great villain who I really enjoyed. And it was visually really fun to watch. Uh, it, you know, great cinematography, good action scenes. Um, uh, all the guys, Colin Firth in his suit, you know, beheading people. Hey, that's that's pretty fun. Um, it, it's it's the all, all the other stuff that goes into it that that uh that a director or a producer or even an actor sometimes can project onto the story that's being told so in this case what really kind of got my goat so to speak was uh this particular scene this this is where it started to go downhill was when uh, samuel l jackson was testing out his uh his super device and he tested it out on this church in the middle of kentucky or something like that and it was obvious that this was the director's conception of what American Christians were like. And it was just a, you know, some creature or some preacher uh, preaching hate from the pulpit, you know, and spouting the N-word and talking about, you know, what a, what a jerk the Democrats are and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And what does he do? He has them all killed off. After, in a, a scene that lasts three to five minutes with unreal violence you know and it's it's obvious that he's mm-hmm. taking real level violence beyond kill bill level violence really? wow that's yeah, a, in a way that takes a bit of work to do it really yeah. does anyway um and so it, there's that aspect of it where it's not how do i put it I, I think what i said in my review was respect i i didn't feel respected as a viewer it's not like you know it's not like i attend one of these hate churches in the middle of kentucky it's just does that does the respect uh, yeah, well, angle make any sense? There's to you guys? the challenge of uh, as a filmmaker of you can it's okay to express opinions that others might, might not agree with, but when you outright disrespect the other group, where uh, what you're talking about there, mm-hmm. um, you've made them. We how many times and how many stories is a corporation the villain, or how many times is it's lazy? It's it's very common, and you know what it's. It's okay to use that as a story piece. It's not necessarily original, but I will tell you this. If your whole point in doing that is to showcase your idea that this is mm-hmm. evil and terrible and you cannot even respect what good there might be from something in there, you know, I, I think you've really missed the mark. I'll tell you one way I knew that this was a fantasy, this Kingsman movie, was that the Kingsmen are, are extra-governmental. They're, they're, oh. there's, no, there's nothing there's overseeing no them. And, but they're they're extremely well funded, and so they must be mercenaries, and yet they are extremely noble and moral creatures who you know only make the right decisions. Right, please, come on. <laughs> it reminds me of a great '80s film of an extra governmental group, and it's if you ever see Return it, of the Jedi. No, oh, if okay. you ever see it, Remo Williams. Yes. Remo Williams, the adventure, or the, the adventures of Remo Williams, or the, the, the adventure, adventure begins. begins is the That's film. right. Joel Gray is a North Korean or South Korean martial artist. Aside from being extremely <laughs> racist, is very enjoyable. Uh, but it's yeah, that's that was that's the movie that I always go to when they do this uh, special group that only answers to the president and whatever. 
Um, We're going to give you a new name, Remo Williams. In Don't answer laugh. to your question, I guess, uh, <laughs> I guess what I'm looking for first and foremost in reviewing a film, I want three questions answered. Um, did I enjoy the film? Would I recommend it to others? And did it have something to offer to its genre when you talk about recommending the film to others do you do you find yourself saying would i recommend it to others who normally see this type of film or the, would i recommend it to others well, the, in a general statement good question and, and you can absolutely break it down to whatever in whatever direction you want it, a lot of films i would recommend to my brother sitting on my right but i would not recommend to my mother you know it, so it's good enough to recommend to somebody i wouldn't recommend kingsman to anybody frankly that's mm-hmm. So that there, there's one measure by which you know we could. So unless you enjoy terrible films with incredibly strong statements against groups of people, <laughs> you probably should not see this. And film. gratuitous see, violence that makes Quentin Tarantino say to himself, "I wish I had done that." I doubt he would even say that. <laughs> no, it is. Anyway, Todd, you and I went and saw Seventh Son, and we both had we had different. We had a similar overall opinion but different reasons for it in, yeah. in some things uh what especially with things like um with seventh son what is it that you really look for when you come out of the theater what do you want to be able to answer you know the uh, for me one of the things is i want to i want to be able to say that the story was more enthralling than the special effects um and if a, if a film relies so heavily upon this the cinematography the special effects especially in our new cgi rich environments um, I'm I'm going to walk away from that with a tremendous disappointment. Um, I, I and I guess part of that comes from my interest as an actor um, and as a as a storyteller on stage. I I look for ways to tell the story with the people. If the if the people aren't compelling, if the people aren't interesting, if the things that are going on with with that part of the story don't move me, then I, I'm I don't care how good the special effects were. For me, a, a perfect example of that is uh, Star Wars Episode One. Um, some tremendously beautiful visuals, uh, as far as the way that the the process went, the, the lightsaber describing battle. describing trade disputes. Oh my goodness! I just I you get to I, see him as a little kid. One of the, <laughs> I'm going to kill you. Um, the the lightsaber battle is probably one of my all time favorite battles. That but between that one and the one in episode three, they're great and they're wonderfully visually told. Um, but I felt no compelling connection in any of those characters. The storylines were just, and I knew where they were going. I mean, I John Daly says that he was a Star Wars fan two weeks longer than any of the rest of us on the planet. Stephen Colbert or Stephen Colbert? Sorry, was it Stephen Colbert? I thought yes. it was John Daly. It would sorry. be John Stewart. And Stephen Colbert. Uh, I'm so confused. It's so really, old, really late uh, at night tonight. Yeah, they're making fun of me because I'm the oldest person in the room. Um, <laughs> but I also found myself saying, you know, knowing where all of this is going, uh, I don't even care about the characters. The other thing that I watch for, and this is, I, I don't know if this will work for everybody, but for me, I can tell really quickly if production values in a film were consistent based on the music. If the music resonates with me, I'm sorry, yeah, I'm using that pun, um, within the first 30 seconds to a minute of a film, and I, and I, can, and I can feel that the, that the 
music is going to carry this film forward, that then I'm, I'm generally pleased with the outcome because there's a unified vision that holds the entire film together. It's not just one aspect of the film that's going to be good. It's going to be the whole film. Because for most, it, it seems like for most films, music and, and soundtrack is the last thing that they think about. The first thing that they think about is demographic um, and how much they can throw in to be attractive to the 18 to 24 year old male demographic that's going to be, or the 18 to 24, 35 to 50 year old demographic, whatever demographic they're looking for. Um, and, and then they start looking at things like um, what kind of, what kind of sets do we have? What kind of visual effects are we going to use? What, what are the visual pieces? And the music becomes the last one. If the music still holds together well, I, I have very seldom been disappointed with a film saying, wow, that was a good film, even though the music sucked. If the music, if the music holds together really well in the beginning, generally speaking, the film becomes a really good, a really good piece overall. Very, very seldom am I disappointed in those things. Yeah. I, the value of, of a good musical score in a film. Every time I go back and watch the star Wars trilogy, there are just moments where, uh, you know, the, the music hits just right. Uh, when Luke's staring off into the two suns and you get that very forlorn horn sound. Mm-hmm. Yes, please sing the whole freaking yes. thing. You're welcome. Um, it, it just, it's touching. Um, it, I, 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 I shed a tear. That, that Your rendition piece, was, uh, was even better. That particular piece is called Binary Sunset. And if you buy the extended versions of the <laughs> CDs, you can get 17 different versions of that. Oh, yeah. Until John that. Williams was really pleased with it. I yeah. actually found it very interesting. I, I did, did not know that. I will have to go find all 17 versions and decide which track number is the one I want running. <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, make that an episode. But I, I think one of the reasons why I wanted to have this discussion is that I, I think we talked about this a little bit before in one of our private conversations. Um, I asked, why do film critics still exist? Because yeah. pretty much everyone looks at them and says, ah, critics don't know what they're talking about. They're all too high and mighty or whatever. So I kind of figured it would be nice to know what it is if people come to a, you know someone looking for a, a, a recommendation about a film or whatever. I want to know what it is that they look for in in their film reviews. Yeah, and make sure that we're you know that we can meet that sort of thing. Um, I would love if you know if our peanut galleries is open there. Uh, what is it that you want to? What, what is it that you appreciate when you hear a film review, or what is it that you look for in a film that that you would love to have someone point out to you before you go and see it? So before I go and see a movie, uh, I I want to know two things. I want this to be able to pass what I call the gladiator test. Am I entertained? Which is what you guys have already said, right? <laughs> How's the punching? <laughs> I'll say that for Ken. Yeah. Ken's not here. Thanks, I'll say Ken. it for him. Uh, and it can be punching or can be it could be something else. But I want to be entertained. You know, I, Rick and Ralph. You know, not as much punching, but entertaining. Anything by Pixar, entertaining. And then uh, I think what Todd said really resonated with me. It's this. My second point is, is anything in the production or the execution of the film going to distract me? If I'm distracted, if I'm thinking more about the actor than the acting, or if Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about the production, or I'm thinking about the music, or I'm thinking about the CGI. My wife loves to rag on the, the last three Star Wars movies because the CGI just took her away from the story. You know, so obvious that that was... CGI driven. So anyway, those are my two. Am I entertained? And is anything going to distract me? 
Yeah, I love that. It it goes back to what we've talked about a few times, prose versus poetry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you know, unless there are some there are some really good uh especially foreign films, French films are famous for this, but really good poetic films where it's like, Oh man, that was artistic and wonderful and whatnot. But for the most part, if you're telling a story, it's prose. You don't distract me, don't yeah, don't take me out of the story. Anyway. Any any other comments that we want to do? <laughs> okay, so uh, I, I've been harping a lot on film and our film reviews and everything, and I'm doing that for a reason because we have a a big event coming up. This now, only for you. It is a big event. It's for, a big event for me. Oh, that's right. For the for the majority of the first world country people, <laughs> we as as as, um, <laughs> as Ross's ex wife says in uh, in Friends. I think you guys are in show business. <laughs> <laughs> so, but this, I, I find this, we have the Oscars there, um, their next Sunday, the, the 22nd, I believe. And for most of America, we sit here and we, let's, let's do this. Um, how many movies have you, each of you seen that are on the list so one. far? One. Of Just the best one. Picture? Uh, one. I've seen two I almost, Two. yeah, I almost saw Imitation Game and Theory of Everything, um, but then I cross-stitched instead. So th- this is like the one time a year that uh, a bunch of... <laughs> My uh, goodness, wow. We all go around and we say, oh yeah, I should go see these movies because yeah. they're supposedly really, really good, and then we never see them. <laughs> and then we all do our little fill, you know, those of us who follow it will fill out our sheets and everything. So this year, I've, I've seen two of them, I and mean, we've, we haven't seen very many, but I wanted to get predictions that i can hold against you after next week okay for Um, for the for the top three what are considered the top three well let's let's um let's run down the list then of best picture nominees is that what you're looking for is best picture yeah best picture nominees we have whiplash nope okay yes whiplash whiplash you've seen theory of everything oh you're asking if we've seen if you've seen them whiplash have no heard of that one american sniper saw it yes birdman the Grand Budapest Hotel. Yep. The Imitation Game. Selma. Theory of Everything. And Boyhood. Okay. Uh, my prediction um, is Imitation Game comes in second place in the voting to Boyhood, followed by Theory of Everything. Okay. Interesting. Um, I have the feeling that Grand Budapest Hotel is going to take Best Picture. One hundred percent agree. It's too Hollywood self congratulatory to not take to not it. make it. Yep. <laughs> and it's as a as a film, it was a well made film. It's a little preachy at times, but it's it's a it's a well made film. And it and I think when 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 we look at um, when we look at what wins in Best Picture, a lot of times it is what drives the medium forward. What movie was really a good movie? Not necessarily which one we think was the right movie or the or the or the most entertaining. It's which one was the the best made movie, and I think I think their Grand Budapest Hotel is going to win for that. Being that I the Grand Budapest Hotel walked away with so many other awards this year, I'm inclined to agree with you that it will take Best Picture. But sometimes that's the indicator that they want to give you everything but the and, Oscar. And that's really it's really a it's it's interesting because especially in these top categories because. One one year it becomes the predictor, and the next year it is the consolation prize. 
You know what I feel like in in this discussion is, uh, have you ever been in an office pool for, uh, say, the NCAA tournament or uh, Super Bowl, you know, uh, whatnot, NFL playoffs, I guess I should say, because that sport's good. Um, I'm I'm always the guy who's like, they hand me a bracket, and I'm just like, whatever. Just write it in. <laughs> don't know, don't care. That's pretty much, outside of the Tonys and the Oscars, that's pretty much me in every other event. It's like, who's playing in the Super Bowl? And okay. The Tonys? <laughs> oh, you are in show business, aren't yes, you? Yes, I love the Tonys. You're going to make the ice dancer come out of me again. Um, <laughs> don't, and, and I'm going to sit back don't and feed just Master watch. Midnight. Don't I'm feed just him just going to watch. Uh, my guess... Um, I think that you're right. I think the Grand Budapest Hotel, I would not be surprised, though, if Selma ended up walking away with it, simply because of the controversy that was raised when the yeah. Oscar nominees were released. Yeah, there's, well, and last year's um, last year's winner, um, 12 Years a Slave. 12 Years a Slave. Um, we're, we're still, we're still mm-hmm. dealing very much in our country with the ramifications of how do we handle this? Uh, no, um, we're not. Only a few people are. Okay, so uh, Hollywood is still making sure that we think about the fact that there we may still be reeling from this. So <laughs> it's it's always interesting when one of those films comes up in that uh, in those types of categories that we turn around and we say, hmm, okay, which which direction are they leaning? Mm-hmm. I, I think because 12 Years of Sw- Slave won everything last year, Grand Budapest Hotel makes a strong go for this year. Yeah. All right, best actor. This, I think, is going to be uh, oh, uh, divisive. Yeah. Okay, can, can the peanut gallery take a shot? Go first. for it. Yeah, please. So Bradley Cooper should win, but there... will not because he is the, – the movie is too right-wing and patriotic for Hollywood. And oh, give me the list again. Um, let's, let's read them off real quick. Benedict Cumberbatch will probably win. No, I, I so strongly disagree, and I, I disagree with Bradley Eddie, Cooper. Eddie Redmayne will win. Bradley Eddie Redmayne. Cooper should win. I don't think so. You Not haven't seen the seen... film, so shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but knowing what I know about what it takes to play a role like what Eddie Redmayne does until you see Theory of Everything, I even think that if you see it, you'll understand why Eddie Redmayne deserves the best actor. Right. I, I... don't care. I don't care who else is on this list and what they did. The challenge that Eddie Redmayne faced in this role. So I could say the exact same thing. I don't care what else is on this list and what else they did. Like Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper as a soldier, I can see in any film that he's done. Bradley Cooper playing a... Going through and having (laughs) to be... Everybody should have the privilege of seeing Ryan's jowls shake. (laughs) (laughs) Seeing Bradley Cooper try and play someone like Stephen Hawking and watching the degradation of his sure. body while still providing us a view into his mind and soul through the whole process, that's a challenge that I would happily hand him any award for and all the awards should he be able to tackle it. That's a good point. The, the title of the award is Best Actor. Right. And what does an actor do? They portray somebody. So I, I can see that point. I, so, will, I will say, however, that with Michael Keaton on this for Birdman. Yeah. There's, because there is a tendency in the community to look at a body of work when a Best Actor nominee is coming up. Right. Uh, Peter O'Toole, bless his heart, has struggled with the wrong years. And if if I was ever going to say that about Michael Keaton, it, it would be that he picked this year um, for, a, for a great film. And... Unfortunately, I, I think I, I think Eddie Redmayne probably deserves it more, but I'd be interested. I, I think it's going to be interesting to see which way the Academy goes on it. Yeah. Yep. As much as I love Benedict Cumberbatch, I watched we watched Imitation Game and Theory of Everything the same day, and my wife and I both turned and said, there's no way he walks out with that award. If he do, there's 
you know, then they were passing something around in the awards anyway. Benedict Cumberbatch, and and one of the things that happens with the Academy in a lot of these, especially when we're talking about Best Actor, Best Actress, is that they they do very much look at the performance that's given there, but they also look at is this the first nomination that they've received? Is this the first time that they've done something really challenging like this? Is this a flash in the pan? Are they going to be? And so I think when you, when we see some of these actors that are, that are, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch, I, I think is a fine actor. And he'll have many nominations down you know, the road. And he will you know have what we really need to do is we need to get the NCAA in on this discussion so that we can craft some kind of, um, of a, a, a playoff. For these best actors and actresses, a nominated because this reminds playoff. me. This reminds me a lot of the discussions of uh, of the um, the bowl system. Yeah, the BCS system where everybody was saying, "Well, let's drink the schedule." Well, the computer says, "Oh, anyway." That was so what Ken. you're saying is that we bring them all. We have them all do a three minute scene really oh, quickly. That would be amazing. Three minute monologue. I'm gonna... That's what we vote on. Now it's starting to sound like American Idol. Um, <laughs> Texting your vote for Benedict Cumberbatch's <laughs> one man that's show. That's Benny one one one. All right, all right. Last category: Best Actress, Felicity Jones for Theory of Everything. Marion and I always pronounce her Mary, last name. Do you want the real one or yes. the American one? Give me well what people will recognize. Marion Cotillard. Okay. For two days and one night, Reese Witherspoon in Wild, Julianne Moore in Alice, certainly not her performance in Seventh Son, and Rosamund oh. Pike in Gone Girl. <laughs> so so this is another one where I've I've only seen one of the performances. Mm-hmm. Uh, but okay, fine. As long as we're doing the BCS system of uh, of the Oscars, I'll judge them by their body of work because I have seen all of them. Uh, and Rosamund Pike should get it. I think I agree with that. I think Rosamund Pike should and will get that one because, Over. especially with Gone Girl. Over Julianne Moore and ever Hollywood loves her because she does anything and everything. I know, and she this year Meryl Streep the... is in the supporting group, and so if it's okay, you can give it to someone else. <laughs> What's the Marky Mark porno nice. that she was in? And, oh, you know, and then she does serious stuff. And anyway, I I think no. they does she have one yet? I don't know. If Julianne Moore has an Oscar. Yet or if not. she doesn't, I think she gets it for That's a lifetime. A lifetime. Can't, can't believe it. she didn't get one for flying through. Uh, what's the the dude? Um, oh, Big Lebowski. Big Lebowski. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. Anyway, uh, yeah, Rosamund Pike. Todd? Uh, I agree. I think Rosamund Pike this year is, uh, is a good choice. Um, Run? Actress, actress is one that I never I never am good at, I, unless, unless, of course, Meryl Streep is nominated, and then I can, <laughs> can generally guess. Todd, that means you're a terrible woman-hating man. Uh, thank you for channeling that feminist perspective for me. I, I feel so much better about myself. Somebody's got to do it. If the internet has taught me anything. <laughs> okay, let's step away from the Oscars and oh, film. Oh. Films also Ken. So Ken, I totally <sighs> turned you into Ken. Hey, no, you know, there's two Great. things that I do want to bring out. Um, that in animated feature film, uh, Big Hero 6 is nominated. Uh, one of the films that we all agreed was uh, kind of fun and kind of fell within our area. So... Uh, all fans of the Legendarium, if you happen to have a Screen Actors Guild card and you are <laughs> voting, please vote for Big Hero 6. And um, in makeup and hairstyling, uh, yes, in fact, going against Grand Budapest Hotel is Guardians of the Galaxy. So, you know, if you're if you're holding out some dark horse hopes here for some of these uh, for some of these geek films to get some cred, that's <laughs> these are the categories. We, we were talking, my wife and I were talking about this, she's like, the makeup and costume and stuff like that in, in Guardians of the Galaxy, how, why would that deserve it? And then I'm like, well, okay, first of all, Drax, let's look at his full upper body work. You know, that's that's 
that takes some working, you know, some things there. What about Karen Gillan? Ronan, Karen she Gillan. She looked great. I mean, yeah, it's, there's, there's enough there. And it, by great, I mean, she looked great. <laughs> Does your wife creepy, listen creepy, to the creepy. podcast? <laughs> no, we've established she couldn't care any less about our podcast. Okay, just checking, just hey, checking. Ryan, as the peanut gallery is apt to leave here in the next few minutes, do you mind if I uh, just put a quick plug in yes, and please. get your guys' opinion? One of my favorite parts of the podcast is that I learn and, and get tips on books that I would not have otherwise read. Oh, yeah. Uh, for example, you guys are doing the Heroes of Sci-Fi series now, and I'm much more interested in iRobot, for example, than I would have ever been just knowing about the movie. Right. And, and so I'm looking into getting books that I wouldn't have picked up. And I'm curious if I could just ask you guys to recommend a book in 10 seconds or less, name of a book and why, and, and just go around the table real quick before you go to the next topic. Are, do you want it specific to sci-fi or... Yeah, you know, Legendarium-esque. And, and if you don't mind, I'll throw in uh, The Martian, which is a, a gift I got this Christmas from my brother, uh, not Craig, the, the other brother that's sitting here. The one that loves you. Yeah. The one who's been quiet through this entire deal. <laughs> and it's fun. It's, um, it's sci-fi. It's science. And it's very entertaining. Okay. Uh, ones that you probably haven't read, though. That's that's the challenge. Cause, uh, yeah, you can throw in ones that we've read because the, there's thousands of listeners. Not everybody's listening. Yeah, I would generally say, especially in science fiction, I would definitely throw, first of all, to tackle Ender's Game is one of the best ones to tackle inside there. The Ender's Game series and especially the follow-up, the Beans, Ender's Shadow. Ender's Shadow. Ender's Shadow. The, as a series, the Shadow series is better. As a book, Ender's, Ender's Game, Game is better. Yeah, I would say that. And I would definitely... The more I read the one that we're working on right now, Starship Troopers. Starship I, Troopers. I'm going to throw that on there. I am a must read. I, I'll wait to say that everybody in the world should read this book until I'm done with it because I'm only a quarter of the way through. You're but only a quarter holy of the way crap, through. it is really good. Yeah, Normally Craig really, smokes really us on all of these books. I'm reading them that fast. That's why I'm surprised. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm at 50%. I'm, I'm actually working on three books right now. So uh, Show off. Anyway, Todd, your recommendations? Um, if you haven't read them already, I would recommend the Belgariad. Oh yeah. Um, I loved, I fell in love with David Edding's writing, um, wow, 20, no, 30 years ago. And it's still to me is one of the most fresh and one of the, one of the pieces of fantasy literature that I continue to go back to as a, a strong representation of the category. I think you mentioned that at Comic-Con. If I remember right. Yep, and, I probably did. And I think I've forgotten, so I appreciate you re-mentioning that. David Eddings is the author on those. Yep, and he's written, there's, uh, there's two series. and then the there's Malorian. Malorian, that was the other one. Belgariad is the better of the two. I think so, too. I think so, too. I think he, I think the Malorian was more of an indulgence for him and less a book for the readers. But I think the Belgariad was wonderful. If I were to look forward to what we'll be doing for Heroes of Sci-Fi um, and recommend one that we haven't necessarily discussed, but uh, that I would love to do for the podcast, Sphere by Michael Crichton. And I know that I know that both my brothers have read that one uh, because my mom handed it to all of us when we turned about 10 years old, I think. Um, but anyway, yeah, if you're if you are looking for some good contemporary sci-fi, I think it was written in what late 80s, early yeah. 90s, something like something like that. Late 80s, um, early 90s. It was it. It still holds up the the technology that they talk about, including the the, the underwater, sea, the, yeah. The, yeah, the deep sea rig that they're living on, is still wildly ahead of anything that we live with in our daily lives. And so, it's a fun, 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 fun sci-fi read. One of the few books that I ever read that made me 
very un- a lot of times I'll watch a movie and mm-hmm. at night in my house alone and something will creak and go bump and I'll be freaked out but when I was reading the book things would creak and go bump and I was freaked out oh, that was yeah. a great book Kevin yeah absolutely since Craig stole mine I was actually going to suggest Sphere um, one of Sucka. my all time favorite sci-fi books um, and you know you can add the other Michael Crichton books to that Jurassic Park and Congo those three books are some of my favorites Okay, so since Craig stole that one, I'll throw out a fantasy one. If you've ever read or heard of Magician's Apprentice, yeah, and I can't remember who the author is. Maybe, maybe you guys can pull that one out. Oh. I can't remember, but Magician's Apprentice, the trilogy, um, fantastic trilogy, and a very fun fantasy book. But the reason I liked it is because I find myself even, you know, three years later, still thinking about it because it was kind of a quirky book to me. I didn't totally understand everything that was going on at the time, and so it stuck in my mind, and I find myself self still thinking about it and still enjoying it. So Raymond Feist. Yes. Well, Ryan, that was more than 90 seconds. I apologize, but thank you. No, that's that fine. That's, it's always, it, it always makes us go through, like, what have we read that, that has made <laughs> an effect on us that would be worthwhile? I remember when we started this podcast, I, I thought, you know, yeah, we'll, we're going to have a structure. We're going to talk about this topic for five works. minutes. We're going to talk about this topic for three minutes. And trying to wrangle these guys is a nightmare. These guys, Craig? These guys. <laughs> nice, nice. These, well, with such an Oscar-heavy episode, these girls <laughs> are very difficult to wrangle. It's true. Let's be glad we're not talking about the Tonys. Yeah. Comes Tony time, you got some problems. Uh, we're running out of time, actually, so we're going to kind of wrap this up with some coming, uh, some coming soon uh, information. Let's, uh, let's be honest. We are in the... As might be said in Shakespeare, the winter of our discontent in terms of good quality movies and things it, coming out. It really is. I was really, really I was hoping that... Um, Unless you put Fifty Shades of Grey in as a fantasy I was work. hoping that Kingsman would be the thing that would lift us out of that winter right funk. The... Nope. Yeah, nope. Not, not likely. So we're, we've got a lot to look forward to in the future. Um, keep an eye out. We will have more ner- uh, news on this event, hopefully. April 16th. Lucasfilm has rented out the Anaheim Convention Center for a special event, and all they say about it is it will be a day long remembered. <laughs> so we, as soon as we have more we'll information on that. the end of Kenobi. It will soon see the end of the rebellion. <sighs> we must finish every quote we start. Um, <laughs> so look for that. I'm, we have a feeling there's going to be a lot of Star Wars news and maybe some new footage coming out of that. Um, so... In terms of movies, things like that coming out soon, the next thing that's really in the line is still a couple weeks out. We have Chappie uh, coming. Which, really looking forward to yeah, that. that. I've one, seen uh, two Neil Blomkamp, blah, 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 Neil Blomkamp uh, movies. Can you and say that five times very fast? I cannot, and I will not. Um, I've seen two of them. I saw District 9, and I saw uh, Elysium. District 9, utterly fantastic, wonderful movie. Uh, Elysium similarly wonderful in a visual storytelling way but uh the the actual story that they were telling was garbage Mm -hmm. so uh looking forward to what they can do with this one yeah recently it was uh ken actually who talked to us just before we started here sent us a message and he was saying he was surprised they got an r rating and we're like (laughs) really no did you you know district nine everything so we'll see what happens i think it's got a lot of hope there um todd you said you had something special about comic books oh my goodness i mean we we do have a few things that we're looking forward to uh coming up in the months of may we've got dc doing their convergence uh, run, which is uh, one part to fix some of the problems that they've had with their readership in uh, the New 52. 
but it's also a part of moving their offices from New York, from the from the East Coast over to the West Coast. They were moving to California, and so they needed to have something that they could run uh, that would Whoa, work really well. Whoa, there's Todd. We found him. We found me. Yeah, there I am. Okay, good. Um, we've also got uh, Marvel, of course, that's going to be starting with their Secret Wars, but perhaps dwarfing them all coming out on March 11th. Cinderella. The first, oh. the first issue of Howard the Duck. Oh gosh! <laughs> I have to tell you, I have to tell you, as a longtime Marvel fan and as a reader of the Howard the Duck comic books, the first time they came out in the seventies, I am so looking forward to Howard the I, Duck. Number I one officially out. wash my hands of this discussion. <laughs> For well, those of you who are not entirely sure who howard the duck is and if you're listening to this you probably have at least some idea that uh guy at the end credits of the marvel of guardians of the galaxy that you stayed to see and didn't know what it was that's, that's howard, howard the, the duck. duck and um you know believe it or not he was a he was a beloved character in the marvel universe not we probably not we we probably will not see him in the secret wars but we certainly uh, are going to look forward to seeing what they do with uh, with Howard the Duck. We, um, interestingly enough, Howard the Duck was actually made into a movie by George Lucas, and we never talk about it. And it had the same success as everything other than Star Wars that he did. <laughs> and American Graffiti. I'll have to give, yeah. give him American Graffiti. Was yeah. well done. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, as far as as far as what's really going on, those are those are the big things. Right now, we're in a lot of lead up um, for the, for those events. Um, I have the feeling that we're going to see, um, I, I've been, I've been looking forward for different pieces of information. One of the things that came out of the, out of the, uh, convergence series that DC starting to run is that they're going to kill off some titles, uh, and they're going to bring some titles back. They're going to, they're going to revamp their, their line, uh, which will be interesting. I think we're going to see some of the same thing happen with, uh, secret wars. Um, we're, we're not only going to see some, some retcon of different characters, uh, you but, need to you you needed to explain that term to me. Maybe our listeners could okay. get some help there. Um, Retcon. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a uh, how do we say it? retroactive, retroactive continuity. continuity retroactive continuity. Uh, I keep wanting to say continuum. I've been using that word all day. Um, where they where they basically go back and they'll introduce a new character and they'll say, oh, the things that you saw in the past were just minor details. You were mistaken. This is what's real now. Um, so we're going to see that, I think, in both universes. Um, there's going to be a lot of speculation going into Secret Wars of what we may see come back. Uh, characters who have died, because as we all know in comic book worlds, nobody really dies forever. That is true. They recently how, do I, how do I get into a comic book? Okay. Um, first, you have to have a disproportionately sized waist to chest <laughs> ratio. Achilles, Achilles and I would like to know, how do we get into a comic book and live forever? Well, Achilles doesn't need to worry about it. He's probably in one already. So, okay, well, there's, there's your updates. There's not much by way of games or Blu-rays or anything that are coming out this mm-hmm. week that's really worth No, nope, but uh, next week, um, be aware that... Uh, we will be talking about Robert Heinlein. Oh my goodness. We are going to have a very good, and I have a feeling, and we'll just discuss this later, that it might be an extended episode. Or two. Or two, because this book, we're, like I said, we're all about halfway or a quarter of the way through, and we are already having long and great discussions about it just between us. I just, I I have to say, this is one of the moments, since this is my third time through this book, Uh and you guys are all saying, oh, this is so cool. Oh, this is so cool. I keep saying to myself, 
<laughs> Just wait until you get to page 200. <laughs> <laughs> this is Todd's revenge for our Mistborn thing. This so. is Well, this is Todd's chance to get what I got with Lord of the Rings yeah. and what we both got with Mistborn, mm-hmm. which is just watching somebody go through a favorite classic piece of I'm, literature. I'm watching, I'm watching some of the text that you guys are sending back and forth, and I'm like, yes! <laughs> yeah. So we will uh, we'll sign off for now, and we'll look forward to doing our uh, Starship Troopers episode next week, and hopefully we'll have Ken back, and we can talk about everything from the punch-in to the political, because I'm even, I'm even excited to talk politi- politics with politics. this. Politics? Politics. So, all right, uh, everyone enjoy your week, and uh, we'll see you on the other side. Bye.